Hello folks, welcome to another episode for Formula 1 Mirror. In this podcast episode, I'll be covering both the Grand Prix, Stema Grand Prix as well as the Austrian Grand Prix. So both of them were actually held on the same track. So let me first talk about the Stema Grand Prix itself. So Stema Grand Prix wasn't that exciting as the Austrian Grand Prix which we have just had. Partly because we didn't really get to see that many overtakes happen on the track. Plus there wasn't any that much of excitement regarding who's gonna win and where the people are gonna finish. So there was some excitement which was provided by Charlotte Leclerc, which I'll just talk about in a minute. So let me just talk about the first top three podium places. So Max Verstappen finished comfortably in the lead on the top step of the podium. Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas finished up, finished up on the second and third position. So Red Bull guys were completely on their league of their own, especially Max Verstappen. He held a comfortable lead right at the starting itself and he was actually able to manage his tires and lead the race quite comfortably and finish up on the top step of the podium. At no point in the race did we actually see Mercedes guys closing the gap between Verstappen and actually like looking as if they're going to take the lead of the race, which never materialized and Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas finished in the second and third position comfortably. So this was, I think, the first race where we got to see the dominance of Red Bull car over Mercedes car. So because Verstappen was actually clearly able to maintain a gap between himself and the Mercedes guys, and he was actually able, he wasn't really actually pushing a lot, but he was actually able to conserve the tires quite well and finish the race comfortably in the lead. So we had Perez finish up on the fourth step of the podium, or like not actually in the podium, but in the fourth position in the race and Lewis Norris finished up in the fifth position in the race. So again, a very good performance from Lando Norris. He, he has been having an amazing season so far. He is not only qualifying quite le- well, like always qualifying probably in the top six or top eight positions, but on the race pace also, he is quite calm and collective. He is able to look at the big picture and he is able to get the overtakes done when and wherever they are required. He is not quite aggressive in the first couple of laps, like usually which we have seen Charles Leclerc do, like he is quite aggressive in the first couple of laps because he feels uh, Ferrari doesn't probably have that much of a good race pace, so he tries to make up for all the positions in the first couple of laps. So that's why we also get to see some of the incidents with Charles Leclerc, but Landon Norris in this season has been super collective and calm. He waits for his turn, he manages the tires quite well, and he knows uh, which cars he's actually competing against. He didn't really fight quite a lot hard with the Mercedes guys or with Perez because he knew his fight is with McLaren, uh, sorry, his fight is with Ferrari. So he was actually able to maintain his uh, tire temperature, he maintained his car position quite well and maintain a comfortable lead over other drivers. So in the sixth place, we get to see Carlos Sainz and seventh Charles Leclerc. So Ferrari has a brilliant race, uh, not probably in the first couple of laps, where we got to see one incident between Charles Leclerc and Pierre Gasly. So Charles Leclerc, Pierre Gasly and Fernando Alonso, all three of them were actually going in the same corner together. And when three, cor- when three cars are actually going in the same corner, at least one car has to go off the track. And that was Charles Leclerc at that time. So Charles Leclerc tried to actually come back on the track and because of maybe slight misjudgment on his part, he clipped the rear tire of Pierre Gasly, which effectively ended the race for Pierre Gasly. And as a cascading effect of it, Pierre Gasly also uh, collided with, I think it was Antonio Giovinazzi and also a couple of other cars as well. So which effectively destroyed their uh, races as well. So it didn't really good look on Charles Leclerc's part 
all those steers didn't stewards didn't really take any decision on that and it was termed a racing car incident which i can understand to some extent as well because he wasn't the one who was actually uh, aggressively changing his lane he was actually moving in the straight line but just that his the uh, racing line which he has chosen it was slightly coming in the collision course with pierre gasly and that's what happened so it wasn't really his intention to collide with pierre gasly or it wasn't as if he was making an a very aggressive turn or, or something like that it's just an unfortunate incident and probably if it it would have happened on any other lap and not just the first lap he might have got some penalty as well but anyways because of that incident charles leclerc actually had to pit on the right at the start at the end of the first lap itself he went on to hard tires so his race strategy became effectively a two pit stop strategy which he actually made it work for him because i think charles leclerc is probably one of the drivers who is not really known for conserving the tires quite well and same with ferrari as well ferrari in general as a car is not really known to be super efficient on the tires so because of his race becoming a two um, basically two race strategy where he had actually switched on to the hard tires he was actually able to push quite a lot on both of the tires and he was actually able to like overtake almost half of the grid and that is what actually provided some kind of excitement to an otherwise slightly dull Stiema Grand Prix so carlos sainz in the other ferrari car had a brilliant race pace and it drove quite beautifully well he was slightly stuck at the end behind lewis hamilton because lewis hamilton effectively is the second car and he had got lapped by lewis hamilton and because when a car is already got lapped you have to be extra careful when you are making an overtake so because of that carlos sainz did lose a lot of time uh, being stuck behind lewis hamilton and he wasn't actually able to go for landon norris and probably overtake the overtake and take uh, take up the fifth position but anyways despite that as well as it was quite a solid performance for carlos sainz and also it was good judgment on his part to actually convey to the ferrari team to ask mercedes guys if lewis hamilton can actually give way for carlos sainz to actually overtake him simply because carlos sainz had had a better pace than lewis hamilton and at that time i think the gap between lewis hamilton and max verstappen was somewhere around 8 to 9 seconds so there was no way that lewis hamilton could have actually closed that gap within the last uh, 10 laps to go especially considering lewis hamilton was actually struggling with the tires as well so the and then we had lander oh, sorry lance stroll in the 8th position fernando alonso in 9th position and yuki tsunoda in 10th position so it's good to see yuki tsunoda grabbing one point for alfa tauri alfa tauri i believe has so much of a potential and they can actually constantly finish in the top 10 steps but somehow or the other there's one driver who is actually involved in some incidents mostly gasly itself and yuki snoda had some kind of a mistake either in qualifying or in the race because of which they are not actually able to maximize the points which the alfa tauri team can get alfa tauri i believe is actually a better car than alpine and probably aston martin as well so they should definitely finish higher up uh, in the positions but anyways good performance from Lance Stroll as well as Alpine because both of the cars are not really that good. So it's good for Lance Stroll to actually grab a four points and finish in P8 position, and good for Alonso to actually finish up in the ninth position. So overall, it wasn't that exciting race, but uh, still good performance from Charles Leclerc to actually provide some kind of an ex- excitement, even though it was slightly his mistake, probably um, to most of the extent, probably a racing incident as well in the first lap, which we got to see. But overall. uh it it was a fine race nothing uh, not a lot boring and 
not that much exciting as well. So let me move on to the Austrian Grand Prix, which has been fantastic right from the starting itself. First of all, in the qualifying, we got to see Norris actually qualifying. Uh, I think he qualified, I think, P3. So a, a wonderful performance from him to actually qualify so far ahead in the grid. And in the race day, we got to see phenomenal performance from not just Lando Norris, but also uh, Daniel Ricciardo as well, who, to be frank, he should actually finish up in the top six or top eight positions. But for quite a, uh, quite a few races, he wasn't actually finishing quite well. And one, let me also talk about one stand-up performance from George Russell. He was actually able to make it into Q3, the first time he has done so in a Williams car. He actually did make it in Q3, but uh, earlier on he was driving a Mercedes car, so that was expected of him. But to get that Williams car in Q3 is a commendable performance from him. And because of some penalties uh, which got handed out to other drivers, I think it was uh, Sebastian Vettel because of uh, holding up uh, Fernando Alonso in the qualifying lap. It wasn't actually completely his fault as well because there were other cars in front of him. So probably some of the blame also lies on the other cars also who were in front of him. But anyways, uh, he started from P8th position. So wonderful performance from him actually on the Saturday to actually get the Williams in Q3 ahead of the Williams as well as Alpine. So wonderful performance from him. So if we talk about the race, we had Max Verstappen finishing up on the top step of the podium, Bottas finishing in second and Lando Norris surprisingly getting another podium place for McLaren. So Lando Norris has been ha having a phenomenal season so far. And this is, I think, his second podium in this season so far. So Lando Norris actually finishing up ahead of one Red Bull and ahead of one Mercedes is something which probably no one would have guessed or expected at the start of the season and probably not even at the start of the race itself. So it was a wonderful performance from him that he was actually able to keep and keep pace with the Mercedes as well as Red Bull and finish ahead of a couple of them as well. So a dominant drive for Max Verstappen, he drove the race quite beautifully. He wasn't really uh, looked like under pressure by anyone. He simply had a quite a larger gap between himself and Lando Norris, who was running currently at that time running in the second position. And later on, he had a comfortable gap between him and Lewis Hamilton. So very good performance, a dominant performance from Red Bull. And it feels like unless Mercedes actually brings some upgrades to the car, I think Verstappen and Red Bull are, are going to simply run away with the championship this year. So with Max, Verstappen actually finishing up on the top step of the podium and Perez, who I'll talk about in a minute, finishing up on the sixth place probably. So they extended the lead, lead further uh, for not just a driver's championship, but also the, for the constructor's title as well. So in the second place, we had Valtteri Bottas and in fourth place, we had Lewis Hamilton. So Lewis Hamilton was actually running uh, in the second place for quite some time in the second stint on his hard tires. But because of some damage, because he actually uh, went over some curves, he was actually struggling to get the car working and he wasn't he wasn't actually able to push the car to his full limit. And because of which he was actually struggling, so Valtteri Bottas, who was running third at that time, he had to actually overtake him because the race pace difference was so much. And Lando Norris then actually overtook Lewis Hamilton as well. So hats off to Lando Norris for actually being in that position so that he can actually overtake Lewis Hamilton and not really just coasting around uh, throughout the whole race. So it, it's a brilliant performance from Lando Norris and slightly, slightly disheartening for Lewis Hamilton to see so much of a race pace difference between himself and Max Verstappen. And he is the one who is actually in the title fight. So if he needs to actually put up the fight to 
Red Bull, Mercedes do really need to bring in some upgrades and hopefully the other tracks which are coming up, they might favor in, uh, like they might favor Mercedes slightly more than Red Bull cars. Then in uh, P5th we had Carlos Sainz and P6th we had Sergio Perez. So Sergio Perez was involved in quite a lot of incidents. So first of all he tried overtaking Norris round the outside. I don't remember the turn number but uh, because of that in, uh, because of that overtaking maneuver he, ha he actually had to go on the gravel. And because of that he actually uh, lost out on some time. But as a result of that stewards basically investigated the, uh, that incident and they gave a decision that Lando Norris was at fault for it that incident for actually putting Sergio Perez in the gravel and not giving him, him enough space so that they can have a battle uh, fairly and because of which Landon Norris was actually given a five second lead but simply Landon Norris had a car underneath him and he was actually able to push the car so that that five seconds didn't really matter a lot and he was able to serve the penalty in the pit stop but with Sergio Perez there were two incidents which happened after what happened with Lando Norris. So one, both of the incidents happened with Charles Leclerc. So Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez were on, were on a similar strategy and almost throughout the entire race, Charles Leclerc was just behind Sergio Perez trying to overtake him. So Charles Leclerc tried it twice to actually overtake him with similar results. In both of the incidents, he actually went, he, there wasn't much space actually left for him to overtake. So he had to actually go under gravel. And there's always a risk of going to gravel on this track because simply there isn't any that much runoff area for the car to actually overtake from the outside. So, because, but simply because they had actually judged Landon Norris to be at fault in the first incident, I think for the f next two incidents also, they had to be consistent and give the same penalty. As a result of it, Sergio Perez got in total 10 seconds penalty. So, just at the finish line, Sergio Perez actually finished up in the fifth position. But because he had a 10 second penalty, he dropped back to the sixth position. Then we had Daniel Ricciardo at 7th place, so he would be supremely and quite happy with his performance, especially considering he was starting 13th on the grid right now. And especially he didn't really had a few good races and probably his entire season wasn't that great if you compare it with Lando Norris. So finishing up in the points and in P7 position, he would be quite pleased with the effort. He was actually able to keep both Sergio Perez as well as Leclerc behind him for quite some time. Although later on Sergio Perez actually overtook him. but he is in a Red Bull, so Red Bull is definitely a faster car as compared to McLaren and Ferrari. So he would be quite pleased with the effort to actually finish ahead of one Ferrari at least. So Charles Leclerc finished up in P8th position. He would be slightly disappointed to actually not finish up higher in the places, especially since I think he had a good race pace. He made a couple of moves, but unfortunately those moves were in a place where it is, it is difficult to overtake on the outside unless there is a large pace difference. And because of which in both of the both of the incidents, he was on the receiving end of it. He actually fell back a bit uh, since he was he ran wide on the gravel, and because of which, probably after some time, he didn't really had the pace to actually overtake the cars in front of him, which was of Sergio Perez and Daniel Ricciardo. So Carlos Sainz was on an alternate strategy, which is quite good from Ferrari to see alternate strategies being played out when both the drivers are in a similar place. I think they started. I think uh, probably 11th or 13th or probably 10th or 13th they started. 
So it's a good idea for Ferrari to actually split the strategies between both of the drivers. So Carlos Sainz actually went with the harder tires at the starting and medium tires at the end. So Carlos Sainz actually showed quite a good pace. He was actually, uh, since he had a like, he was on an alternate strategy. So team gave the instruction for Charles Leclerc to actually allow Carlos Sainz to pass him at in the second stint. And then Carlos Sainz went on to actually overtake Daniel Ricciardo and Sergio Perez. He didn't actually overtake Sergio Perez, but he was actually within the top, within the uh, 10 second gap limit and because of Sergio Perez penalty he was actually able to uh, finish up in the top uh, 5 uh, places in the race. So overall a very good race for Carlos Sainz, a very solid race and he would be definitely pleased with the effort depending on the position at which he actually started the race. So he will be quite pleased with the effort. I don't think he could have done anything more than just finishing up the top in the top 5 places this uh, this race. Then we had the Pierre Gasly and Fernando Alonso finishing up the top 10 position so Pierre Gasly had a good race although simply because he he chose actually the soft tires in the uh, in the second qualifying on Saturday he had he had to actually start the race on uh, soft tires which weren't ideal for the race and because of which he went with an alternate strategy I think it was a two-stop strategy and because of that strategy he wasn't actually able to make enough positions in the race because overtaking is not that easy despite seeing some overtakes there has to be some kind of a massive gap between the speed of the cars in order in order to overtake and that gap arises because of the tire choices which drivers are making so pierre gasly had a good race he did the maximum i think he could dependent on the strategy which he was in so he finished up in p9 position and fernando alonso fought for that p10 position with george russell for quite a lot of time so george russell First of all, hats off for him to actually put the Williams in Q3 ahead of Ferrari and that to all the medium tires also. So he was on a good strategy, George Russell. He actually fought for the P10 position quite a lot. He was ahead of Fernando Alonso quite a lot of time. Just in the last few laps, actually, Fernando Alonso, because of ex experience and also Alpine is generally a faster car than Williams, he was actually over able to overtake George Russell in the final few laps and grab the last point. So George Russell would be quite pleased with the effort, but perhaps disappointed that he wasn't able to get the first point in his Williams car but overall a very good effort from both Williams as well as George Russell to finish ahead of cars like Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri so wonderful effort for him hopefully he'll get the first points for Williams quite soon then we had Yuki Tsunoda finish up on the 12th position so he didn't really had quite a good race I feel like he was there and thereabouts but just there was slight difference in the pace between Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda because of which he wasn't actually able to make that many places up as compared to Pierre Gasly and because of which he just finished up in the P12 position. I wouldn't say that it's a bad race for Yuki Tsunoda but it's just that it wasn't something special so he wasn't actually able to get his car in the points. Then we had Lance Stroll finishing up in P13 position so and if we talk about other Aston Martin, we had Sebastian Vettel finishing up in P17 position. I think Sebastian Vettel was slightly ahead of Lance Stroll throughout the whole race. It just with just because of the incident with Kimi in the later stage of stages of the race, which is why he actually fell to like P17 position. In fact, I think it's a DNF actually. But since he actually I think finished 90% of the race distance, he was actually qualified or categorized as ha having finished the race but overall a forgetful weekend for Aston Martin despite uh, showing quite good performance and I think they started in Q3 as well 
so in top 10 positions so it was good performance from him just that they had to actually i think use soft tires to get into q3 and because of that that qualified that uh, somehow compromised their race pace or their race strategy they had to actually, actually i think go for a two-stop strategy which wasn't ideal i think and because of which they didn't really finish up in the points uh, then we had like Giovinazzi and Latifi, Kimi Raikkonen finishing up in 14th, 15th and 16th places. Kimi Raikkonen actually had a good race until that incident with Sebastian Vettel. He was right beside or right behind Fernando Alonso and probably if there were a couple of laps, he might have actually been able to overtake Fernando Alonso. He was actually going for an overtake move for Fernando Alonso, I think, in the later half or later last few laps and he had quite a good pace and if there was probably five more laps. He would have overtaken Fernando Alonso for the last point as well. So a good race for Kimi Raikkonen, except the last mistake which he did, where he went into the rear tires for Sebastian Vettel. Sebastian Vettel was slightly ahead. I think it was a slightly uncharacteristic mistake from Kimi Raikkonen because I felt that it was slightly his fault. He was the one who would actually probably taking the racing line, but he wasn't actually on the racing line at the starting. So once he had actually made the turn, he was slightly going right. Uh, onto the track and whereas Sebastian Vettel was going straight so he didn't really I think look in the mirrors and he didn't really anticipate Vettel to be there and because of which both of them collided so I would put a more blame on Kimi Raikkonen than uh, a racing incident and if it would have been probably earlier in the race and if both of them would have been running in the points probably Kimi Raikkonen might have got some penalty as well so in the last places we had Mike, uh, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin finishing up in 18th and 19th places. Not really much to talk about simply because their race pace is so abysmal and Haas didn't really isn't really developing the car a lot, not really bringing any upgrades. So there is there isn't much which we can expect from Haas except finishing up in the last two positions. And Esteban Ocon, perhaps apart from Vettel, was the only other driver who. Uh, went with the dnf and it wasn't really his fault i looked in the onboards so he got sandwiched between two cars with no place to go actually so uh, i i don't remember who were the drivers between which he got sandwiched but he didn't really had any place to go he was just present over there he didn't really he can't couldn't go left or right so there wasn't much he could do at that position it was just unfortunate that for the last few races three or four races since he had actually signed the contract long-term contract for i think three years at renault at alpine so for the last three races it hasn't gone his way and today also it didn't really go his way it wasn't a mistake on his side it was partly simply luck and being in an unfortunate position but i would definitely say that him actually qualifying at such a low position definitely didn't really help uh, the better your qualifying position is, the better your chances are to be not be present in an uncomfortable or like unlucky position during the race start. The bad or like the worse your qualifying is, the more are your chances of getting entangled in any racing incident, any collision at the first lap simply because any collision which happens, all the cars who are behind that collision, whether it is the collision which is happening at the front row itself or it is happening in the midfield all the cars who are actually behind that racing position all of them are impacted and because Esteban Ocon didn't really actually qualify well especially since Fernando Alonso was looking to actually get into Q3 it didn't really 
paint a good picture of how Esteban Ocon's uh, weekend went. He would be probably be forgetting the whole weekend, whole two races actually, which he had had in Austria, and probably hoping to get better, better races in the future. So that's a wrap on the Austrian Grand Prix. It, it is an excellent Grand Prix which we have had, and like throughout the whole race, I was pretty excited simply because we got to see so many battles. We didn't really get to see battle between the lead because Max Verstappen had a comfortable lead, but throughout the grid, everything was happening simultaneously. So many consecutive things was happening. George Russell was running quite well. He he was expected to get his first points in a Williams. Then we got to see different strategies being played out by Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. There was a battle which was constantly going on between Sergio Perez, Daniel Ricciardo, and Charles Leclerc, which was exciting throughout the whole uh, we, uh, throughout the whole race itself. And then there were some penalties and overtakes being done. Charles Leclerc tried overtaking Sergio Perez twice. Both of them, he wasn't successful because he went into gravel. And bo in both of the instances, we got to see penalty being awarded or being given to Sergio Perez. And we were constantly monitoring the difference which Sergio Perez had with in comparison to Daniel Ricciardo and we, got, we were seeing whether Daniel Ricciardo would be able to hold off Sergio Perez and Leclerc for quite a lot of time or not. Carlos Sainz then later came in and he was actually able to take, overtake Daniel Ricciardo in the last couple of laps itself. And then we got to see some of the struggles which Lewis Hamilton was having and we got to see Lando Norris actually making a move on Lewis Hamilton. Even Lando Norris was actually able to keep Hamilton at bay for quite a lot of time uh, before actually pitting for the uh, hard tires. So throughout the race, we did get to see quite a few battles. Although there were, we were kind of, I was kind of uh, feeling a bit frustrated because of penalties being awarded, and also there was a slightly runoff area where drivers could actually make the move. I wouldn't say the penalties weren't unfair; they were fair. But at the same time, I would want to see some kind of more, uh, like probably more runoff area so that drivers can actually do, do an overtake if they actually. If the driver does go for a runoff area without uh, any other car or like without any defending being done or without any overtaking being done, then in that case definitely a driver should be given a black and white flag probably so that he doesn't do the same maneuver again. But when both of the drivers are in a battle, I think it, it is fair to actually allow the car who is actually overtaking to go slightly uh, outside the track or probably or like whenever they are going side by side it makes sense because that's the only way right now in formula one where you can overtake otherwise the cars have to depend on the drs or there has to be a massive difference in the performance of the cars in order for one driver to actually overtake the another driver so most of the drivers will have to rely either on the drs or the pace advantage which the car has which could be simply because uh, the cars are different because of the aerodynamic advantage or it could also be because of the tire differences which they have. So usually right now most of the cars, most of the drivers are relying on the strategy differences in order to overtake other cars. It would help if there would have been some uh, track outside or some, some leeway, some runoff area so that the overtaking car can actually use that whenever they are overtaking the other car in front but only during the overtake or when, the de when they are defending quite a lot hard and when both the cars are side by side, not in the usual circumstances. Anyways, that was a wrap for the Austrian Grand Prix. It was a wonderful, exciting race right from the starting right till the end. And I'll see you next time in the British Grand Prix in probably a couple of weeks time. Thank you everyone. Stay safe and keep enjoying Formula 1. Thank you. Bye.